Ladies and gentlemen, this is an auspicious day. What a day! What a fabulous day! It is, in fact, a red letter day. Today marks the dawning of a new episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Parker. If at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. <laughs> and Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Two premier content creators promoting the healthiest brand integrity in the world. Tell them what they've won, Spider. The way I see it, this should be a very dynamite show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, but as always is Parker and Alex. And uh, we just watched Roadhouse. Now, uh, I want to give you my little background story on Roadhouse. You guys know I'm a huge fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000. And I was reading one of the interviews that they had uh, back when the show was still on the air. And they interviewed Mike Nelson and they said you know you make fun of a lot of bad movies but what in your opinion is a good movie and he said without missing a beat Roadhouse is the best movie of all time and uh, <laughs> hard pressed to disagree Maybe with I them. have to watch these guys you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm inclined to agree but before we go any further I have to ask did they ever make that uh, remake with Ronda Rousey they did not it got cancelled because she couldn't act oh, yeah, she got yeah. kicked in the face and like stopped appearing in public and also was bad in every movie she was in uh, well that's what she got i guess uh okay uh ready for the news segment parker luckily for you i don't have any news because on oscars week no one's gonna drop anything exciting oh. do you have any news my good friend okay it's 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 kind of brief and i thought of this as soon as uh <laughs> I, it happened i was watching how to train your dragon 3 and they were they were doing like the trailers and here's the good news they're making a new Leica movie, and uh, you know uh, how much I like Leica. And uh, here's the bad news: that trailer is fucking dog shit. It looks awful. Yeah, it looks terrible. Here's the great news: it's a Sasquatch movie. Squatch Watch 2019 is back oh. on. Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna not see a Squatch movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, we still gotta see that fucking Channing Tatum plays a Yeti movie. <laughs> oh my god, we I forgot that's real. We still have to do yeah. the man who killed Adolf Hitler and then Bigfoot. So. Uh, yes, but that's implied. Yeah. Guys, I have breaking news. I'm going to the draft house thing, and I see uh, a ticket you can buy, Fruits Basket, an anime favorite returns. Oh, Alex, great. your thoughts on this? I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> How many hours do I have? Not enough. Uh, I've already seen it, so you can't assign it to yeah, me. That's a good so point. So, yeah. shit. This looks pretty new. Not like this. No, I would, the the blowback Not from like that this. would be unparalleled. Yeah. The blowback from that would just be me dumping my entire like thirteen hours of time in like one unending sentence, like before you're finished. Yeah, this is just essentially a Cold War standoff over the fruits basket. <laughs> but you can see it dubbed or subbed. You can take your pick. I'll let you dealers choice that one. <laughs> oh, what a wonderful, awful surprise that ruined my day so early on. <laughs> Oh, but I can go see Ravenous. Okay, everything's oh, all right. Yeah, We're good. Oh, God. We're good. So they're going to have Ravenous there? Yes. <laughs> all right. Oh, all right. Oh, yeah. I might be making Guess it. Guess where I'll be next week. Oh, man. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Week. Ravenous is so good. I didn't realize Ravenous was relevant enough to get some, somebody in, like, uh, Alamo to care about it. Imagine if we were actually sponsored and just <laughs> gushed like this. <laughs> are you, are you going to bring, like, a banjo or something or a lute to play yes! along with it? <laughs> I'm going to bring a xylophone and set it up in the back row. <laughs> I imagine it's like one of those like Flintstone xylophones with like the animal bones and stuff. 
<laughs> oh wait, they're human rib bones because it's yeah okay. All right. Uh, now we nice. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Uh, let's talk about what, micro we, what we watched recently. Um, I'm gonna go first. I'm, again, I'm gonna try to keep this quick because I have to get out of here, unfortunately. All right. Uh, first things first is I kind of stuck to '80s movies. Uh, again, it's just the way it goes. I watched, uh, for the first time ever, really, all the way through, was uh, 1982's Conan the Barbarian with Arnold Schwarzenegger, his first movie. Uh, I watched this right before a sick gym sesh, so if you want a better pre-workout than pre-workout, watch Conan the Barbarian. That checks out. This movie is not very good, uh, sad to say. Uh, Sacrilege. It's it's true, honestly, (laughs) this... The story in this is You're totally right. (laughs) Uh, But Arnold's a lot of fun to watch, and that goes a long way. Um, I also watched... Oh, Jesus fucking movie. Uh, A movie that's called Koyanis Katsi. It has has no language, so there are no (laughs) subtitles. Um, Koyanis Katsi is an old Native American word that means uh, intense struggle or something like that. You see, the movie is it's like one of those like uh, time lapse things. Isn't that, that shows... what Mein Kampf stands for? No, I, maybe. No, it means my struggle, so it's different. Anyway, uh, it's oh, it's about uh, it's more it's, personal. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't understand. So it's it's more of it's one of those things. It's like time lapse. It's like look how human beings are destroying the planet, or something like that. Here's a newsflash for you: global warming is fake news. Anyway, I watched 1982's Raw Force, also called Kung Fu Cannibals. Uh, All right. Yeah, I know. We're talking now. In on the title. Uh, They really buried the lead on that one. (laughs) I don't know. Raw Force is pretty solid sounding. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so... It sounds like a a Seagal movie, but like one of the good Seagal movies. So here's the thing. (laughs) Did one of you guys assign this to me? No. Okay. Can't take my minutes that easily. I, le- I legitimately have no idea how this appeared on my external. I I don't know <laughs> what happened there. It just appeared on there. I was just like, what's that? So it's a harm in clicking on this unknown file, and it was in fact Kung Fu Cannibals. So, I it's like hey, Parker, you talk about how you know you wake up hung over to a bank set and says you just bought the Voltron Lego set. This is what I wake oh, up I after like you know a rough gym oh, session to wake up to Kung Fu Cannibals. Um. I watched, um... Wait, hold on. Are there Voltron Legos? That always seemed like a Mega Block product to me. Oh, no. It's actually official Lego. Uh, they got one of them in my uh, in my workplace, too, at the Global you Service Desk. I, I walk by it every single week. I'm like, oh, I want it. Okay. I also watched the entire How to Train Your Dragon trilogy. Uh, one, two, and three. Uh, one my remains a goddamn movies. masterpiece. Uh, two is actually really good. Uh, Kristen Wiig is so much fun in that movie. Uh, it's a little bit weaker, though. I think the kind of uh, infantilized Astrid's character. The third one is actually really good. I will say this is a better animated trilogy, and in fact, better trilogy outright, than Toy Story. Uh, it's a bit of a hot take, but I have to, you know, get my take. If the third me. movie's good, it's by default better than Toy Story. Jeez, oh, you really don't like that third movie. <laughs> that's your hill to die on, and I appreciate it's, it. You're the only one. I, I'm, I'm okay just being alone on the hill. Oh, I've literally never trash. seen the third one. Don't worry, I'll, I'll have, it. I'll have a hill that I alone am dying on, uh, in a little bit. You uh, sure no, he will, didn't like I mean, burning. I, I mean, we'll, we'll get to it. Uh, the third one... I, I think the best thing about the third one is it kind of, that movie grows up with the series in a really good way. It has a very good message for kids. 
Uh, I, I like what they did. Again, Kristen Wiig gets like five minutes where she just riffs, and she's really, really good. She's the best part of the entire movie. So, uh, hoping for a spinoff for that character. And uh, then uh, Josh and I went to see Blazing Saddles at the Alamo. That movie's a fucking masterpiece. Now, I don't know how familiar you guys are with it. Um, it's, you know, not exactly politically correct. But um, we're, we're sitting in the theater, and the theater is just packed. It's like we're stacked chocolate. We're packed like sardines in there. And the person from the movie park comes out there, and she's like, okay, how many people here have not seen this movie? More than half the people raise their hands, and Josh and I were looking at her like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is, uh -oh. is going to be a problem. <laughs> it turns out, luckily, that my theory is you can get away with saying anything as long as you're funny. It's completely true. Uh, this, I mean, funny is funny. It's as simple as that. This movie is hysterical. You don't really get, like, you don't even get like a spare second to be offended by it. I think it's just too funny, you know. It's just that like oh, they moved counting those hands. Jokes, you know, it's, it's she's counting all those raised hands. Like oh, I'm not getting a lot of tips tonight. Cause I'm walking the fuck out. <laughs> no, here's a weird thing. That woman didn't even work there. She's just like no, I'm just part of the film club. I was like, well, get Brian out here. What are you doing? I, I don't. I have no idea. Why I want to work here. So where's my pretzel, lady? Had, <laughs> so so you're saying the film club is basically like being a Green Bay Packers owner? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, this is the one time I didn't get the pretzel. I, I got the Colorado steak salad because I really like that salad. And I got. They had a special pizza there. Had barbecue chicken and onions. It was really good. They had a milkshake listed on there. Immediately, Josh and I were like, oh, it's milkshake night for the boys. No milkshakes that night. The milkshake machine was broken. I nearly threw something. Ooh. So I would ask for my money back. Yeah. And just go watch it at oh, home. Just, just <sighs> demand vouchers. Yeah. Don't be a coward. Anyway, uh, Rebecca saw it and she saw it like a twenty minute later showing and she she thought it was really good too and she, you know we were quoting lines the entire night. Anyway, um, <laughs> the person at the beginning said it's okay to quote along with the lines, but please don't quote along with the lines that have the N word in them. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cool. That's a thing that did has you to be said. Did out. you see Josh's heart break? <laughs> No, he saw my heartbreak where towards the ending, uh, Gene Wilder says, oh, let's catch the end of the movie. I hope it has a happy ending. And I just looked at him with such intense fear and said, don't you dare make a joke. <laughs> I think that might have been the hardest he laughed during the entire movie. I just imagine Josh standing up. So you, what if there was a kid who was dying of a terminal illness and his one wish was to quote the scene? You're saying it wouldn't be okay then. Okay. Oh, I'll man. take my business elsewhere. Okay. Anyway, Rebecca and I afterwards, I was like, Rebecca, what do you want to watch? She says, I, I really want to watch Mandy. That's absolute. You can't watch Frisky Dingo yet. Can't watch anything else. You have to watch Mandy. And I was like, okay, let's watch Mandy. And I ended up paying for it on the PlayStation Store so we could watch it with, like, we both had headphones in with the controllers. Which, by the way, great setup. And oh, so, uh, so sick, dude. It's the best. She ended up really liking it, which uh, uh, goes great, especially for a first-timer. The first-timer, that first half is kind of kind of slow. But when you're with another person, it's a little bit better because you could like, ask questions like, okay, that's what they're trying to do, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, as a third-time viewer, this movie gets so much better. This is immediately moved into, if not my top three of last year, then at least my top five. I think this is going to be the movie that people remember from 2019 or from 2018. I don't think they're going to remember Black K Klansman. I can't say it any other way. I have a brain thing. And Green Book <laughs> uh, or Roma. I don't think they're going to remember those movies. I think they're going to remember. Uh, I think they're going to remember Aquaman. This, you know? <laughs> 
Or Gotham. I truly, movie. truly enjoyed the tweet of a bunch of old people going, "Ah, oh, this Green Book movie," and accidentally watching Green Room on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> That's been a very comforting thought for me these last couple days. You know, Mandy. Uh, again, the music gets better and better. Nicholas Cage is always a delight. But you know, the, it's what they do with color. You know, that looks so good. I, I just uh, like that. This, speaking this of Green is Book, so distinctive. No, I'm not talking. I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> speaking of blazing saddles. No. I mean, that's a thing that you laughed so hard is just when I said that Hollywood handled uh, racism better in the '60s than they do now. Look at Green Book. Look at Driving Miss Daisy. I mean, we we do such a better job now than uh, or, or back in the '60s than we do yeah, well, now. It's really <laughs> fucked up that they skirt around it. They should just say it like Mel Brooks did. Well, I mean, no, that's the '70s. But uh, the '60s, it's like they, they were addressing it. I mean, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner is a great movie about you know racial stereotypes and you know feelings about this stuff. Whereas it was very like, brave of them to address it in the movies and then not let them come see it in theaters. No, they they were able to do it in the 60s. You're thinking about the 30s. That's 1939 uh, Gone with the Wind. Let me tell you they're about all my state. basically the same, to be fair. Well, let yeah. me tell you about living in Texas, buddy. Oh, they're still not allowed <laughs> to see it down there. Unless they play uh, it's touch and go football. in some neighborhoods. <laughs> some people get dirty. Certain people I know might get certain dirty looks at some establishments. Uh, it's fine. But if they, I think Texas just got the first Kanye album. But if, but if they win state, oh, it's okay. They can go see what I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's doing, I mean, he just declared he's going to be great in the NFL. <laughs> Ask my dad, big Kyler Murray fan, loves him more than he loves for me. for the Kyler. <laughs> loves him significantly more than he loves me, but that's fine. Oh, one more thing about uh, Mandy before I move on, which, again, I, I really just love that movie. I think it's going to be, like, more distinctive. I don't care if it's a cult film, but I, I really think that's the one that's going to be remembered. Is you Do you remember that song that Jeremiah Sand plays at one point where he's in that stupid bathrobe? That, uh, do you like the Carpenters? <laughs> I, I love them too, but I think this is even more spectacular. He starts playing this fucking hippie bullshit song, sounds like a neutered Jethro Tull cover band. And it's just the kind of song where, as soon as you hear it, it's the type of song where it would piss my dad off to no end. My dad would be <laughs> furious if he heard the song. And I'm a big fan of that scene where Robert Kraft walks into the bathroom and gives her those <laughs> drugs and starts beating off. <laughs> no, it's he would have so he would have the girl do it for him. That scene was way longer. Do you want to know what love? <laughs> anyway, luckily he's able to fit it in the commercial break of the Oscars. <laughs> anyway, bang bang. Uh, <laughs> when that scene was going on, I was just laughing uncontrollably, and she was just like, "What's what's going on? What's so funny about this?" I could see his dick, and I was just like, "Listen to these fucking lyrics." So uh, I ended up buying that one. So that's gonna be at the in the car's playlist whenever she gets in. Anyway, she ended up making a joke of it when they uh, when they ignite the uh, body of um, of Mandy in the in the sack. She ended up making a joke about Rihanna's "This girl is on fire." <laughs> so anyway what i'm saying is welcome rebecca to the podcast it just made me think of disturbia <laughs> oh man that... it's a shame you didn't like the remake but that's okay <laughs> i did like the remake i thought i said the remake was really good bom, bom, i to be in my head all day York. thank you i think Tommy really appreciate it awful let's you know, agree to disagree it's fine Okay, did that what, what won uh, the Academy Award for Best Score? I don't really care, but it should have been either the Mandy new... wasn't nominated, so I didn't yeah, care. Yeah, it should have been either Mandy or the new Halloween. God, I love the new Halloween with all my heart. Yeah. Anyway, um, I also watched Burning, and I'd like to wait until Parker hits Burning before we discuss it. I mean, okay. we can just do it now because okay. I have yeah, other. Okay, I'll talk. About I have it. other lengthy things to hit on. All right, let's talk about Burning. Uh, Parker, could you go first? 
Uh, well, I have sneak peek at your opinions, and they're a little different, because I loved it and gave it five stars, and it's one of my favorite movies of last year. Like, straight up. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. Uh, Parker and I talked a little bit about this. I, uh, Alex, I, I know your opinions aren't, are, are rather strong. Um, Parker came up it's with the a first really... time somebody's ever said that about me. Yeah. <laughs> Parker <laughs> came up born. with what I thought was a pretty good theory uh, that I I think uh, I give a lot of credit to Parker for coming up with this because I, I didn't really see it, but the more you think about it, the more it makes a, like perfect sense. Is that uh, Ben is involved in human trafficking? And uh, shout out to Parker for reading the news for a change and figuring it out. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh... <laughs> thank you for your back end compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, however, I I actually think that everything there does add up. It makes sense why he has so much money. It makes sense why he was in Africa. It makes sense why the girl disappeared. My thing about it is it, it almost feels like we're rewarding ourselves for doing this outside extrapolation rather than the movie rewarding us for it. Uh, my One of my biggest things is uh, about the movie is we know that uh, Ben did something uh, to or with Hamey, right? Do we? We do. And it's mostly based on the cat. I think a lot of people say as soon as he... The cat... I you know. completely disagree. So here's the... No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying this is a general opinion here. Uh, the cat... This is based on me reading uh, online comments and talking to other people. Uh, a lot of people say, oh, he calls the cat and the cat comes when it's called. Look, that's a fake cat. That's not a real cat, because no cat in recorded history has ever come exactly. when it has called, all right? <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, like every t I've been raised with cats. I've known cats for, like, 17 years, and they will not come when called. The fact that uh, it, it, it came when it heard his voice, maybe it recognized. Maybe it just heard a voice, and it said, oh, that must mean come. I don't think the cat speaks Korean anyway. Uh, and also, the cat literally never came out when he was feeding it every day. Yeah, I, it's it's strange how this movie has a literal Schrodinger's cat. Yeah, there's a, and that's like intentional. That's what they were going. Okay, for. so I'll give away my opinion. I, I actually actively dislike this movie um, for a few reasons, and I know I'm the single only person here to uh, not really like it. I think part of it was the two and a half runtime really got to me. Uh, I was I was just waiting for something more interesting to happen. And to wait for setting a literal person and car on fire, and even then I just didn't really care. Um, I think a lot of it comes from the main character, who I really disliked. And I saw a lot of people who said that that was a likable main character. What alternate reality do you live in where that character is likable? As soon as he started beating off in that girl's room, I was just like, no, forget it, I'm out, he's a creepy weirdo. As someone who claims to do a be a writer who does no writing and jacks off a lot... Uh, same. <laughs> that guy also he's, he's a writer he doesn't know what a metaphor is same I was I waiting for him to I, say I, I have never metaphor I didn't like <laughs> got him <laughs> nice nice uh, see I actually I actually think that's part of the reason that I like the movie so much I said this to Parker while you were peeing before we started recording okay. but my favorite thing about this movie it's one of maybe six or seven movies ever that I've seen where there are multiple extremely well fleshed out characters who are literally just people I know like, I can point to every single one of these actions and every single personality quirk and everything they have and just go, oh, this is such and such person. They do this. They behave in this way. Which is, it, it definitely colored my feelings about the movie a little bit because, so, okay, so you brought up the thing about feeling like there wasn't really a payoff and not really liking the runtime. Yeah. 
And I kind of felt the opposite. You know how I am about runtimes. Yes. And I could have watched three more hours of this movie and nothing needed to happen in that time. And I didn't care because I was so completely invested in the characters. I think, and I'm not saying this in any sort of like insulting or accusatory way. I think if you watch this movie, like it's lost, like you're expecting, you know, like, oh, it's this big mystery and the viewer has to piece it together. You're going to hate it. Oh, maybe because I think I, I think ultimately it doesn't fucking matter whether Ben did it or not. And for the record, I still don't know, but I can make extremely compelling arguments one way or the other for whether he actually did anything wrong or was just like a rich asshole who happened to know this girl who was extremely flighty and just disappeared on her own. A few people oh, have yeah. made an argument that this is like a, uh, a socialist versus capitalist allegory or something like that. If that's the case, this movie did an extraordinarily poor job of it. Um, and representing that hey me is happiness or something like that. I think, honestly, this movie is a lot closer to uh, Virgin versus Chad sort of thing, which is another reason maybe I disliked it. Um, yeah, that's what you said, socialist versus capitalist. Which is which, folks? I mean, there's that, the fact that this is very clearly anti-Patriots fan bias with the, the sex trafficking. Um, I uh, yes. here's the thing. Also, uh, another clue that does uh, lend credibility to uh, this this theory is that sex trafficking is kind of a problem in South Korea. So it's, it's it is a very legitimate possibility. It also explains that that is exactly the type of woman who would be targeted for this sort of thing. Not just oh, young and pretty, but also all that credit card debt. You know, she's got to get something, and she's you know doing drugs uh which that, that, that might sound as like oh no she smoked a weed bong it's like no 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 weed in south korea is really really taboo like the the scene early on where they're smoking cigarettes that's like us smoking weed over here it's just like oh hey what's what's up but them smoking weed that's like them it's, it's not necessarily they're doing smack or anything but that's like really really taboo you get a lot of trouble for smoking weed in, in south korea which turns off a lot of people from visiting, I guess. Um, I, I don't know. I think, again, that main character, I hate his stupid fucking clueless-looking face. His expression is always the same. Just completely clueless the entire time. He was really obnoxious to that girl before she disappeared. Then, like, breaking into her house and everything and jacking off in there. Just uh, That, that dude just says. gives me creepy weirdo vibes the <clears throat> entire way through. I, don't, I think most women who watch it would agree with me, but... I haven't read any of their opinions on this yet. So. I, yeah, I, I, like, intentionally didn't read much about what other people thought about this movie because I was worried that there would be just a lot of things that either I didn't agree with or made me like the movie less because the movie was in, like, and still is in, like, a really, really good place in my mind. But, yeah, I can't see any argument for that guy being, like, a positive or heroic uh, character. A lot of people called him likable. No. I just don't get it. Likable, yeah. Likable, I don't get. I think he's... I hesitate to say this, but, like, relatable, I can understand. Just, the, like, the way he processes the things that are going on around no, I, him. No, I, I understand like, what you're going with it, yeah. Yeah, like, I can, I can understand why the character does what the character does. And to me, that makes him a really, really well-written character. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just a very clear brain progression that's going on there that the director doesn't have to beat you over the head with. There's also the, 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 the idea of a search for something that's that changes it's, at some point he's not even looking for Hamie anymore he's looking for um, he's looking for that guy Ben um, 
I, th- I thought Hamey did a pretty good job as an actress there. Uh, at least they, they finally come out and address uh, plastic surgery in Korea. They A lot of movies in, in South Korea will not do that. And she just says, yeah, I just got plastic surgery. And they just kind of roll with it. You know, they're just like, yeah, that's our... It's our lead actress, you know. It's, it's my uh, my working theory during this movie that I was kind of bummed when it ended up not being the case was that it was never actually Hey Me and they were just fucking with him the whole time, but it was some other girl. <laughs> I, I, but I think that, I that theory like... gets debunked when he goes to the parents' restaurant. Like, if it wasn't for that scene, I could have held on to that theory forever. I mean, like, oh no, it was just a different person. It was just an imposter. I mean, there's a lot of movies I've seen where I just, I, I guess, I expected something different. I think I expected Old Boy, you know, Lady Mr. Vengeance, uh, and Maiden. I saw the Devil. Even the Wailing is is more of a something I'd expect from something than this. Uh, I, honestly, you know what I expected? I expected aliens at some point. Never got them. Uh, which if this were a Squatch movie? Oh, <laughs> if, whoa, wouldn't that be? She ends up being Squatch. Five and a half stars. Yo, I'd I'd, I'd love it How a lot squatch more. Squatch fall down that well. <laughs> oh, that goddamn say, well! I'd, I don't agree with the the interpretation that maybe Ben didn't do it, but I like that there's enough clues that you can very reasonably make the argument. Like, oh, yeah. no, Ben didn't do it. This dude's just a fucking country yokel farmer weirdo piecing things together that don't fit together. I think that's not the way I choose to interpret it, but I like that you can you can justify that if that's your viewpoint. So my my theory that Ben uh, did it is less from the cat, which again is the stupidest fucking thing to hang your hat on, and uh, less the idea is like oh he's a rich guy or something like that. It's my idea is that if he didn't do it, then I think the movie is just significantly worse in my mind if I think about it. So if that's the crayon I choose to color this with, then that's just the one I'm going to pick. Because, really, it's like, if he didn't do it, and he just kills him and sets him on fire and gets in his truck butt-ass naked, I, I don't even understand what I just watched then. If he killed us, like, okay, now I, I get it, fine, it's, we can go with it. Uh, I will be very safely secure in my opinion that I just, I, I, again, I don't, I don't blame you guys for liking it. It's, it's totally okay to uh, like a good movie. Uh, I'm just, just allow me for once in my life to actively dislike a good movie. Um, all right, uh, Parker, go ahead. Okay, let me breeze through some of these. So, afterwards, when we were done recording, and Alex was conveniently not here, he was signed to me a movie called Ninja Terminator. (laughs) That is an extremely powerful Z movie. (laughs) First of all, where are the ninja movies at nowadays? Right? That's a good question. Powerful mainstay of white guy karate for decades, and now they're gone. Yeah. And I'm upset. The wigs are incredible. The dubbing is astoundingly terrible. Imagine seeing this on the big screen at the Alamo. Their their wigs and, are as big as a house. And I know exactly why you wanted me to watch oh, this. Yeah, yeah. Let's because of the guy's Garfield phone. <laughs> <laughs> the main character, the lead ninja of this ninja movie, has a phone that's shaped like Garfield. <laughs> it is. One of the funniest oh things God. I've ever seen in my life. It is the greatest phone. I want to get a landline just so I can have this phone. The plot of the movie is literally just a bunch of ninjas trying to assemble the shrine of the silver monkey. It's so cool. It's it's on so it goes. Alex, if you want to take a plunge. Uh, already downloaded, it's honestly worry. worth it just for the Garfield phone. He puts it down and his eyes close. <laughs> I went to the Wikipedia before I started and saw Godfrey Ho is considered by many to be the Ed Wood of Hong Kong cinema, and I stopped whatever I was doing and turned it on. It is so 
so good. Fuck. I'm, I'm really glad you never didn't treat this as like a background <laughs> movie, you know? It's while playing Halo. It's so good. It is. Oh, Chef's Kiss, the movie. I'm, I'm happy you enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. Let me power through some kaiju stuff real quick. So I watched the original King Kong and the sequel Son of Kong that I did not know existed Whoa, until even this I week. haven't seen that one. It's not good. Uh, it came out nine months later, Ooh. which says a lot. Well, that's capitalism. So the whole thing is they bring the main guy back and this whole thing's like, man, I kind of <laughs> fucked everything up by bringing this monkey here. Like, I fucked up that island, a bunch of people died, the monkey died. Like, it was a real fucked up move. Now I'm bankrupt because I'm getting sued by everyone and this guy shows up like, hey, it sucks. You want to come to this island and see my monkey? He's like, all right, sure. <laughs> After spent the whole, like, 75 minutes lamenting, like, man, I really fucked everything up. Hey, monkey, sorry I killed your dad. The movie ends with King Kong's son sacrificing his life so this dude can escape with treasure he stole from the island. Good job, <laughs> white people. Nice. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. Oh, fuck. What'd you think of the original? I mean, it's great. Oh, okay. It's... Just watching it be like, how the fuck did anyone put this together? It's, I mean, that is seriously, like, one of the how most the incredible movies. the fuck did they get movies. the monkey to do that? It's, <laughs> it's one of the most incredible movies I've seen based on the year that it came out. And it's like, I guess, if you had seen 1925's The Lost World, where they were doing basically the same stuff. It's the same guy who worked on it. Uh, then you're just like, oh, I could see them doing it, but it looks incredible in 1933 uh, eyes, you know. I would have watched The Lost World, but it was not in the torrent pack I downloaded. But that's fine, we'll get to it. So then I watched the sequel to Godzilla, Godzilla Raids Again. And it's fucking incredibly awful American version, Gigantus the Fire Monster. Oh, man. <laughs> what you if are I so much more powerful they, than I am. They took the sequel to Godzilla and they went, alright, let's not call him Godzilla anymore. <laughs> so they call him Gigantus the entire movie. The suit looks awful. And they redid all of the audio, and they got rid of Godzilla's roar. <laughs> they replaced it with Icarus's weird fucking sound. Why did so? He's not called Godzilla, nor does he have Godzilla's roar. So good job again, America. You nailed it. And then I watched King Kong vs. Godzilla yesterday, and the main takeaway is the main character's name is Eric Carter. And every time he said it, I looked up like "fuck what," and then I looked back to what I was doing. <laughs> And he keeps, like, introducing himself, like, Hi, Eric Carter, are you in news? I'm fucking what? Oh. People all around, you got to come get it. <laughs> <laughs> See, we talked about burning. The only thing I think about burning is when he first tells that story about the greenhouses, I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then the next scene, it shows the dream sequence of someone being burned on fire. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, dude, let's do it. It looks incredible. It let's was, go burn down was, a fucking greenhouse It was greenhouse lynching in a couple parts. I say that as a compliment. You never know sometimes. It can... It can go either way. Oh, yeah, trust me. I saw the elephant. It's true. <laughs> so last week I mentioned I watched Shadow of the Doubt, and it was my favorite Hitchcock movie. And then I learned that Park Chan-wook, director of Handmaiden and Old Boy, his first English-language feature film was a movie based off Shadow of the Doubt called Stoker. And boy, howdy, was that a wonderful surprise for my week. Stoker's a good movie. Every single camera movement is so fucking gorgeous. Right? Just all of it. It's so visually beautiful. And then... The cousin Charlie character is Ozymandias from Watchmen, so you see him and you're like, oh, that guy's <laughs> fucked. That guy's fucked up, I tell you right now. It is a really good movie. I had no idea it existed until I was on the Wikipedia for Shadow of a Doubt, and boy, I fucking loved it. I had a very strong week this yeah. week. Park Chan Wook, I think he's my favorite working director right now. That's a strong choice. Yeah, yeah that's, that's up there. I've only seen a couple. I have not 
Look, I can only take so many two and a half hour Korean. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm evolving. I'm trying. I'm trying very hard. Yeah. I also watched The Favorite. Ooh, oh, what'd you think? Surprisingly, I really, really liked it. Oh, yeah, hey. it's I, it's real good. All it's the performances like, are great. It's I'm, not a world beater, but it's that's an enjoyable movie. Yeah, it's for a movie that's almost two hours and takes place <laughs> when it does. For me to be like, yeah, that was really good. Is, that's a lot. Put it on again. <laughs> I had a fantastic time with that movie. Everyone is just so wonderfully vile and awful to each other. In that way, only he can write. I will not try and pronounce his name because... Come on. <laughs> Come on, guys. Gorgos and Tedekumpo? Yeah, that's about right. That's what I would have said. But yeah, great job. I'm happy she won Best Actress because she is very powerful as the queen in that movie. She has a powerful war about her. I, I knew she now, was going to win right off the bat. Chris, you mentioned earlier that uh, we were going to have a big disagreement about a movie this week. You were correct. Oh, no. Because oh, yes. I watched Bohemian Rhapsody, and I fucking hated every second of it. <laughs> oh, you've been reading all those fucking Twitter posts. I, no, 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 no. I watched it. I did not enjoy any of it. Because here's the thing. I will tell you, I'm not going to talk about the editing. That's... That's the fact then, that movie yeah. exists with what that editor probably yeah, I think I, I, I'll, I'll defend that to yeah. hey here's end, two yeah. directors and also the rest of the band needs you to insert shots of them smiling and nodding while other people are talking like that dude's a superhero I'm not gonna bullshit on that that's fuck that but the whole thing is it's the story of the band Queen and every single time it's like alright here's one of their incredible songs Okay, uh, what if we, uh, what if we had this little thing? We did the stop, stop, clap, stop, stop, clap. Jump cut to them performing the full finished song in front of a crowd. Like, there's never any insight in the creative process whatsoever into one of the most popular and influential bands ever. I, I, okay. You hear, like, the beginning of a, of a, the, just like someone to play the bass line to all the bites of dust, and then cut to songs done being performed. Like, I want to know how you write Bohemian Rhapsody. I'd, I'd like to know how you write from it. it. I'd like to, every uh, single other person who's criticized this movie has not given me a better version of this. Except, oh, cut out the rest of the band, pretend they all died at childbirth, and just make it about Freddie Mercury. Because that's all that oh, I just want the creative process about. of writing these songs. Like, I want to. That's always my thing I'm interested in. Like, how the fuck do you. How do you even think to write Bohemian Rhapsody? There's so many layers to it. Like,. It's just. I don't know if we have that very kind of information available. I think they took the information that they had, that this is the way that we came up with that song, except for the stomp, stop, clapping, because that's bullshit. They never did that. And, like, they were just like, oh, we'll just do this scene now. It'll just. We, we feel like doing this. I don't think they had access to, like, oh, I've been thinking about, you know, Scaramouche or something like that. I, th I think that what you see in the movie is probably as close to what they were thinking and feeling as, as what you get, you know? That's that's my defense. I think the biggest criticism of the movie is they don't have David Bowie in it. It's just talk about a missed so opportunity. Paint, it's just so paint by numbers for me. It's just it is very paint by every, numbers. You'll say that I, I have to ask now so I don't embarrass myself. Is it biopic or biopic? I have no idea. Biopic. I it's said biopic. Bi no, it is. Okay, I said oh, it's biopic. Anyway, I said biopic my whole life. I heard someone say biopic, and I just immediately assumed I was wrong. It's biopic. Anyway. I'm me. Uh, the the thing about it is. Um, it is very paint by numbers, but I like the picture. I, I just, I, I like, I had a lot of fun watching this. Maybe it was because I had a good theater experience or something like that. I don't know. I'm just and kind I of like the music of like, too, but. It's two hours and 20 minutes and every song is lip synced. It's like, I could just, I could just open Spotify right now and hear the whole song. 
Yeah, I so the, I that's kind of the reason I split the difference between the two of you guys and think it was just kind of okay. Because, like, this movie rules if you are young enough that you didn't have any exposure to, like, the actual thing. Um, I think it's, like, it basically this movie exists as, like, a vehicle to deliver you Queen songs. And there's just all of this packaging that's around it. That's a good reason for why I liked it, I'll admit that. I just... I don't know. If I see something about a band, I want to know how, instead of just everyone sitting in a room going, Well, that's bloody brilliant! Jump cut to tour montage of them performing the song. Like, can I just get any yeah. insight whatsoever yeah. of ba- what basically, your basically, you're saying, why is this a movie? And the answer is, because it looks really cool in a big screen. I mean, I know why it's a movie, because yeah. it made, like, almost a billion dollars. Like, I get that, but it's just... I don't know, it's not what I want. I'm... Also, why do they keep making these when Walt Card already exists and did it all better? <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of mu- of movies about unlikable uh, um, singers, uh, yeah, sorry, I'm kidding. I'm just going. It's far. really fucking funny that like the second he's like, oh, actually, I want to fuck dudes. He becomes this raging asshole that everyone hates and ruins the band. And then he dumps <laughs> the guy and like, all right, guys, let's go do Live Aid now. We're friends. I'm again. pretty sure that was coincidental. It's, I think that was more of it, with him becoming an asshole. It was all the the fame going to his head, but but it was also the isolation. I think the movie did a really good job of doing that. I do have to say, I laughed very hard knowing that the rest of the band were producers. The scene where he's up in the house party and they all get up like, hey man, we have to leave early. We can't be around all these drinks and girls. We have to go home to our kids and families. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking whatever, man. I, I'm not saying that's why I didn't like the movie. I just thought it was really funny. Just, Hey, uh, you know, this uh, rock star life isn't for us. I'm going to go home and take my kids. And you'll, wait, Sorry, but you'll notice, you'll notice that Roger Taylor didn't say that. Because I don't think they could even delude themselves that Roger Taylor was like that. Uh, I kept forgetting he was in the movie. <laughs> but uh, but Brian May, like... Brian May, that that does add up with his personality. That dude was that hair. Is... He he was. They, I mean, they nailed the hair. I will give them. Yeah. Uh, I really five loved stars when he wrote the, the Federalist Papers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you saw my Facebook status, but I told my sister that uh, James Madison was only uh, five foot four, and she immediately <clears throat> cut me off and went, "Yikes." <laughs> <laughs> Brian May looks like he should be in the favorite, honestly. That fucking powdered wig is. God bless him. Whatever happened to powdered wigs? Why don't we bring those back? There was a tweet Yo, thread. Should... You first, buddy. About how <laughs> toxic masculinity has ruined male fashion because we don't wear stockings and breeches. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like, like just that watch that. I need to get one of those pilgrim hats. Just go on YouTube and watch the actual Live Aid concert, and then read Freddie Mercury's Wikipedia page, and it's pretty much the same experience. Apparently, Freddie Mercury was even more of an asshole in real life, and this movie kind of sanitized him. But people think that he's some sort of perfect golden god. Anyway, pops. I don't want anything sanitized. I want... <laughs> Let's get fucking real with it. It's just, I cannot believe this movie is partially directed by a gay dude, because it cannot be a coincidence. Everything's so, going so great for the band. Oh, hey, I want to fuck guys now. <laughs> and then everything falls apart for an entire act of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then he breaks up with the guy. He's like, hey, I'm sorry I was such a dick. You want to go It's almost like right Brian now? Singer made this movie about himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that Maybe guy. Brian Singer just don't knows care. more about fucking little kids than we do about ourselves. Uh, Parker. Also, <laughs> look, I know. <laughs> Never mind. You win. Yeah, that's, yeah. Moving that's on. It for me. That's all I got. All right, Alex, go ahead. <laughs> Alright, so all of the movies I watched this week fall into one of two categories, and before we get to it, um, I had to put off the wailing until next week, because I was not in the right headspace to watch a Korean movie right now. Right, right, that's... I I really need to be invested, and my my brain was very flighty this week, so that wasn't happening. That's fair. 
So the first category movies I watched were, like, president-slash-political movies, which are, like, crack to me. Like, you can take a bad DC movie, and I will just slurp it up like it's Parker eating up a bad Like Aquaman? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wait, what is a good DC movie? Um, I mean, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Hey, I actually really like that movie. As you should. Um... But So the first movie I watched on this list is uh, Primary Colors. Primary Colors is a movie that I can describe in one sentence. It's 1992 Bill Clinton played by John Travolta. Alright. Okay. If that appeals to you, this movie slaps. If it doesn't, you're going to be real bored. I have yeah, to... that's perfectly fair. That's the hell of an elevator pitch. Bill yeah! <laughs> All I can think about is him doing the guy he plays. Bill <laughs> or worse, Bill Clinton's voice doing the lines from Gotti. <laughs> Do you think his, I don't know uh, which is better. Character by... <laughs> Imagine John Travolta getting on Jeffrey Epstein's plane to get into character. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. It's all good. <laughs> so then I watched a movie from last year called The Front Runner, which I was truly, truly disappointed I didn't get a chance to see in theaters just because... I'm in fucking country Yokelville at the moment, and there wasn't a theater within 30 miles that was showing it. Mm-hmm. The Front Runner was exactly what I wanted it to be, and by that metric, it was real good. That movie had a lot to say. It was really well acted. I'm not sure it needed half of the things that happened, but again, these movies are like crack to me, so I didn't care. Then I watched The American President, which is, I believe, Sorkin's second movie? Oh, no. <laughs> so... I'm fine being alone on this podcast on Aaron Sorkin Hill. I also have never seen the newsroom, and that's by design. What is, oh, what buddy. is Aaron Sorkin Hill? I, I, it's I, like I, Phil I, Collins Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Sorry. Did you know there's an actual hill in South Korea called Homo Hill, and it's where all the gay dudes hang out? I'm not that's where I record from. <laughs> so that's a real chicken or egg situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, do you like Aaron Sorkin Hill? Uh, so, so anyway, this movie is rife with Sorkin bullshit. Oh. If, if you like Aaron Sorkin, you will like this movie. It is ostensibly a rom-com, so my girlfriend loved it. Oh. Um, I am going to place a movie bet on this. Oh, no. If one of you guys can prove that Aaron Sorkin has fucked a day in his life, I will watch it. Oh, no, absolutely versions. not. It, no. That, the experience that is I have the most... It is, the entire movie is about a relationship... And it is just, like, ignoring just the extenuating circumstances of one of the people involved being the president. It is just the most fake-ass, nobody has ever had these fucking interactions with any human being ever relationship I've seen since, well, every other piece of Sorkin Media. That man has never fucked a day in his life, and just because he has a kid does not mean he is fucked. Uh, just, I'm just putting it out okay, there. Okay, I get it. You like Sorkin. <laughs> it's really the only thing Stop in this movie. defending him. With, you see? <laughs> now, the other genre of movies I watched this week were motorcycle movies. Because, boy, howdy, let's yes. get into Torque, Parker. Oh my god, I love Torque more than I will ever love another human being in my life. It's so Let me put it this way Parker talked about this in one of the episodes that still has not seen the light of day. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Um, I was uncalled for, but I appreciate it. Let me put it this way. (laughs) Let me put it this way. I watched Torque with three other people on Sunday afternoon. 
And, like, every six hours since then, like, clockwork, I get a text or a message from one of them that just says, I can't stop thinking about Tork. <laughs> and it's always a different person. And it's just one of those movies that, oh, my God, it's so fucking good, and I'm so happy it exists. There is a lot going on in Tork. There is... It's sub too fast, too furious. <laughs> it really is. Because it's like... It's one of those movies where the special effects are so bad that it's charming, but, like, a level beyond just regular charming. Like, when the train hits that motorcycle and it explodes, like, a small <laughs> nuclear bomb has gone off. When they introduce that the rival motorcycle gang is led by Ice Cube, how do you not start laughing? <laughs> like, can you agree with me, though? Does the main character not look like Billy Bob Thornton the entire movie? It's all I could see. I just can't say. The amount of achy, breaky heart jokes I made while watching that movie. Now, how did you feel when, like, an hour in, Dane Cook showed up? <laughs> 2003, height of his powers, Dane Cook, just riffing. Dude, my favorite part of the Dane Cook, I, I don't even want to call it a cameo, because it's, like, a real character. But, like, all I could think of every time he was on screen was Sinbad and Good Burger, where his character exists <laughs> just to get owned repeatedly. <laughs> Exactly right. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, he's back after being gone for 20 minutes. I sure hope nobody drives a car into him and then a giant hamburger falls on his head. <laughs> for a movie about motorcycles, there are a lot of twists and double crosses. <laughs> the nerve of this movie <laughs> to have that plot twist. Like, the most unearned, undeserved plot twist I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> my favorite thing is, so so we find a spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen this movie, but also pause this podcast and go watch Torque. Mm -hmm. yes. So Adam Scott, the cop, is actually working with the bad guy and just blows away his partner the second, <laughs> the first chance he gets and has a gun on Ice Cube and the main character. And he's like, oh, well, I just kill you guys and take all my drugs that you guys hid in these motorcycles back. And the counter to this from the main character is, yeah, but are you sure the drugs are in these motorcycles? And he looks down and the motorcycle's just a bomb. Like... <laughs> <laughs> so fucking good. The, like, the level of 7D chess that every character in this movie is playing is just so fucking bonkers. <laughs> And that soundtrack, dear God, that soundtrack. It is incredible. The fucking scene at a Monster Magnet concert inside this biker box. <laughs> when I say biker, I don't mean Harley Davidson. I mean matching jacket and helmet, souped up racing bikes. Because, <laughs> of course, Ice Cube's entire gang is black, so it's like 20 black dudes dressed in tight matching leather while Monster Magnet performs. <laughs> it's so good. It is absolutely five and a half out of five stars. Yeah, it's <laughs> a masterpiece. I watched it twice in the last week, and I might watch it again today. <laughs> it is so good. But you know it's what? Refresh when a movie knows what it is and goes, yeah, but what if we did this stupid thing too? <laughs> My favorite thing was finding out that the director was quoted as saying, yeah, I wanted to make it a dumb movie for smart people, but the studio wouldn't let me. So we got this. I'm sure that's exactly what I'm... Actually, it was bad on purpose. The fucking... The finale is some of the worst CGI I've ever 
<laughs> Everything about that finale is dog shit, and then they drive off in a flying V while Nickelback plays. <laughs> That's the last thing you hear before credits roll. Someday, let's someday. ride. <laughs> oh shit! But you know, Parker, that was not enough early two thousands motorcycle racing gang movies for me. Oh, so God, I watched see. a little movie called Biker Boys. Yes! With a Z. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't let me down. <laughs> so much for Easy Rider, I guess. <laughs> okay, so let me set up the opening scene of Biker Boys. <laughs> uh, I'm just looking through the cast right now. Oh, I know you're going to get to it no, eventually. No, just hold on to it. <laughs> so the opening scene is a character named Choo Choo, played by Terrence Howard. <laughs> Complaining that the guy he's supposed to race in this motorcycle race hasn't shown up yet. And he's laying. Where's Smoke? Where's Smoke? Oh, I'm sure he'll be here. Q50 dudes in motorcycles driving up in two, in like a double file line, getting off and doing this choreographed dance while this flatbed truck drives in with smoke billowing out of it. <laughs> only for the smoke to clear as the hydraulics drop and Lawrence Fishburne is revealed on a motorcycle. <laughs> Now, this movie <laughs> <laughs> This movie is predominantly about uh black motorcycle gangs, but there are two white characters in it. The first one is a guy who is a dead ringer for that gift from Italian Spider-Man. <laughs> 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 who uh we are introduced to because he goes to one of these biker rallies, clowns around drunk demands to race somebody for 500 bucks without a helmet and the guy goes well shit of course i'll take this guy's money that kind of movie <laughs> now the other white character in this movie say it. Par parker let me give you a hint he takes the southern rock and he makes it with the hip-hop and he's got money like fort knox because he will forever be the kid rock Jesus. Kid Rock in an acting role in this fucking movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They go to this fucking council of the motorcycle gangs, and it's like 19 big black dudes, and then Kid Rock sitting there wearing a dog collar. <laughs> so his character's name is Dog, and his gang is the Strays. One of the, one of the quintessential second act scenes of this movie is him racing Lawrence Fishburne, who is the king of Cali. And barely losing. As they just shoot puns back and forth about each other's names. <laughs> For instance, he ch he goes up to <laughs> he goes up to Lawrence Fishburne's second in command and says, Are you gonna race or are you just gonna blow smoke? <laughs> <laughs> so he beats Kid Rock and makes five grand. A major plot point in this movie is, like, people who lose having to give their helmet to the person that wins. Kid Rock's helmet, of course, has, like, the little dog collar spikes all around it. Oh my god, yes. So Kid Rock is walking away from this race all pissed off that he lost because he wanted to be the new king of Cali. And they just start going, Look, come here, boy. Come here, boy. Won't you have something to bring me? Oh, who's a good dog? Who's a good dog? So Kid Rock gets up in Lawrence Fishburne's face, says, Fetch this, and throws his helmet off a bridge. <laughs> it is real real fucking powerful I know what I'm doing today <laughs> there is a lot of convoluted plot bullshit with this movie but I really hit the important things about it so it doesn't matter 
Kid Rock in a major acting role is all I fucking need. <laughs> Does that say uh, Shimon Houndsu's character's name Motherland? Boy, That's is it. Shimon <laughs> Houndsu, or as I like to call him, the guy from Serenity. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what else would he possibly be? <laughs> Can you imagine a world where Serenity is the only movie ever made? I can. I wish. It's a God, better movie. It's a better world, isn't it? The only other thing that I'll say about this movie is that because if Parker, you're going to be watching this soon, I'm sure. Yes. Is that <laughs> one of the motorcycle gang leaders is this guy with an eye patch and a wheelchair that's always chewing on a cigar, oh, and no. because he's always chewing on a cigar, he sounds exactly like Silky Johnson, and it's the <laughs> funniest fucking thing. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Let's wrap this episode up, guys. I got <laughs> All right. That's all I've got. Let's move on. Okay. I fucking love movies, you guys. <laughs> Same. I do too, and it's because I watched Roadhouse. So, Correct. as you said, it's got the world's greatest premise. He is the world's <laughs> best bouncer. The world's he's the best bouncer the in the world. Famous bouncer. Everyone in the world knows he's the best in the world. <laughs> every every single bouncer in here reads copies of Bouncer Weekly. If there were a Bouncer there. Monthly magazine, I would have it ordered to my house right now. <laughs> he's solely fun, because he's, of this movie. Fun he's drinking won game. Every, bouncer of the <laughs> year time multiple times. <laughs> Just you know, pour some shots, and every time someone goes, "Holy shit, is that Dalton?" You know, you'll make a night out of it. You'll be fine. Just straight up stealing that uh, Escape from New York line. Uh, I thought you were dead, except modifying it to be, I thought you were taller or something. <laughs> Cam, do not watch this. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, of all the people to pick for this movie, Patrick Swayze, I think that was a, I don't know about that choice. This is right after, uh, what was it, like four years after Dirty Dancing? No, one year after Dirty Dancing, I think. Dirty Dancing was 88. This was the correct choice. And then one year after, it was just like, I think this is a movie that they decided they would just sort of like, you know, kind of get rid of it really quickly. I don't know that they played this up to be like a really big, you know, movie or anything like that. Their mistake. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely their mistake, because this ended up being, I would argue, the best direct-to-video movie that didn't go direct-to-video. Um, this, it's, <laughs> okay, I will say this. It is a bad movie, but it is one of the best good-bad movies I've ever seen. And... I, the only reason I have to call it a, I have to put the label of bad on it is the writing is just awful throughout. But there are so many scenes that elevate this into must-watch. Uh, there is a scene uh, early in the movie where they say, "Hey, you heard of Dalton?" And uh, I'm thinking Andy Trumbo and who is this guy? And it's like, yeah, it's fucking Dalton. He's incredible. He once killed a guy, ripped his throat out, and I was watching, I was actually kind of falling asleep, and I was just like, yeah, sure he did, guys. <laughs> the look of shock on my face, I my eyes were as big as dinner plates when later in the movie, he legitimately rips a man's throat out, puts his hand right up <laughs> to his so neck, and just tears it right good. out of his esophagus. I... I have never been more awake than I was in that moment. That is that is absolutely, bar none, in my top five movie scenes of all time. I think it has to be. And most of them all, it's like, you somehow don't see it coming, even though the movie told you it was going to happen. Because it's the punctuation. He rips the guy's throat out. The guy's just standing there like, 
what the fuck? His brain doesn't know he's dead yet. <laughs> so he spin kicks his face down into the river. <laughs> and he's still it's holding... such an unnecessary thing to do. It's like, get the fuck out of here. She's still, he's still holding throat guts of this murderous, of this murderous psychopath. And the girl's like, that's not very sporting. And just she gets really upset about it or something. I don't know. Just like it's a real let the river take you. Fuck off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think the scene that's even better than that is a scene where he doesn't rip the guy's throat out. And he's and he's just hovering his hand right above his throat, like, oh, I want to do it. I want to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm a good guy. I'm not gonna... The throat rip being your go-to move is incredibly <laughs> powerful. <laughs> just to put your hand there and go like, yeah, you know I can do this, right? Like, I just whatever I want, I just go, and your throat's is gone. Is that like Stone Cold Steve Austin with a stunner or Marvin Harrison with a choke slam? Yes. <laughs> That's your go-to for choke slams. <laughs> yeah. Is that even Marvin Harrison's go-to move? I thought that was murdering somebody with your custom pistols. No, first he choked. I thought that was Greg Hardy's. A- a- according oh, to that. according to eyewitnesses, <laughs> Marvin Harrison loves to choke slam people. <laughs> <laughs> Loved to choke slam people. Anyway, this movie oh, also has pepperoni. this movie also has Sam Elliott. Uh, he claims, does it. He claims that this is the movie he's most recognized for. He is wrong. He is most recognized for uh, uh, The Big Lebowski. But I'm sure this movie is in his top 25. Because uh, <laughs> this movie, the, at the beginning of the movie, it gives like, the opening credits. like, uh, Patrick Swayze, a bunch of people have never heard of. Oh, Sam Elliott's in this. That's weird. And then he shows up, you're like, what the hell? They didn't know that Sam Elliott was going to be in here. This movie tells you a lot of things, and you just choose not to believe them. Anyway, he's in there, <laughs> and he has that stupid smile on his face the entire time. Uh, I, he saunters into the movie looking like Bob from Twin Peaks. Like, hell, mijo, <laughs> I'm totally not going to get murdered in 15 minutes. Now, Parker, you live near the border, I guess. I don't know, Texas. No! Uh, yeah, it's the, Close enough. the same thing. And what does mijo mean? <laughs> I took Spanish a decade ago and I was bad at it then. <laughs> I thought all Texans it's like it's like Quebec in Canada. Anyway. Uh, I guess we should talk Wait, about what? I <laughs> 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 I was just going to no, 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 right. no, don't explain, just keep going. Yeah, I was going to say, don't, please don't ruin the joke. Uh, so, anyway, I guess we should talk about the plot, insofar there is the plot. Uh, oh, it's a, it's a he doozy. is the world's greatest bouncer, he is Patrick Swayze, and uh, he's be, he's got hired to work at another bar that really sucks. And uh, they've got a house band led by a blues guy. It turns out that guy is uh, actually blind, so, uh, you know, crap for him, he's a really good guitar player. Um, and a pretty good actor, too. I don't know. I like his performance. Uh, but that bar is, there's got troubles. There's people, they're, they're selling drugs, they're beating each other up, and they're drinking a lot, so... Never happens seems the like bar. seems like a to be honest. And anyway, <laughs> actually, I don't think I'd have a lot of fun at that bar. I'm not overweight. Um, you know, speaking of, I gotta talk about the people who are in this movie, the people who populate this movie, the extras who are, I think are just reused constantly. I think I saw the same really, really fat, bearded guy constantly even in the same scene I, if you I, want me to leave i'll go sure. <laughs> you must want bacon <laughs> i 
just imagine like the three fat guys from the Johnny Bravo episode. <laughs> no, but you're fat and you're stupid. Anyway, um, I, 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 just, I kept feeling like I saw the same fucking yokels over and over again. It's, I think it was like an Officer Jenny situation where they just adopt a different personality based on what scene they're in. <laughs> I just think everybody in the Midwest looks like that. And acts like that, I guess. Yeah, well, it checks out. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I think that was what... I, it wasn't necessarily a problem. It was just like, yeah, you know, I think that actually adds to the movie's credit in a way. Anyway, he decides to give him... Uh, I guess Bar Bouncer 101. This is basically Bar Rescue before John Taffer. <laughs> and uh, he gives them three rules that he proceeds to never follow during the movie. <laughs> so, this is a hell of a stress test in this movie. I'll tell another, you another scene that goes absolutely nowhere. Get used to that. It's a kind of a running theme we have here. He drives three different cars. And for a moment I was just like, wait, why in the world does he drive three different cars? But uh, then I realized that one of them is like, ah, oh, people don't like bouncers. We're so misunderstood. We take philosophy and do Tai Chi. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm doing shirtless sweaty Tai Chi, awakens something oh. deep in my body. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Oh, uh, let's talk about how handsome he is. First of all, another credit to men with big faces, finally letting people like me know that even we can make it in Hollywood. Him I assume Tom that was the point of this entire episode. To and be Robert Zadar. And Kurt Russell. Rest in pepperoni. <laughs> oh, the hair, too. When are mullets going to make a comeback? Never for Our, me. What? Our no, time. Sorry. Will. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of personal attacks this episode. I don't I, care for I'm it. I'm sorry. He attacked himself. Dalton would not... never allow this type of infighting at his bar, first of Alex, all. Alex, this is really poor self-care. Come on. Anyway. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Roadhouse. Not, not to interrupt, I just realized the director of this movie also directed Striking Distance, which I might have to watch like, later today. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying we don't have an episode for next week, but... <laughs> old Striking Distance would be real good. I, and I also have, Tom Atkins. I do have... Oh, wait. Right, I have an idea. You should have led with that, buddy. I do have an idea, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see about it. Um, let's talk about the ladies of Roadhouse. Uh, so, first of all, you have... Uh, I guess there are three different main bimbos in this. The first one is the one who looks like, again, the a cross between Edna Mode and the uh, the secretary from Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, who at some point, I guess, becomes the lead singer of uh, Blue's House. Uh, <laughs> I, she somehow finds... I can sing, her. too, all right? Bye, movie! Disappears forever. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what her... I, I have expected her to show up with a shotgun in the final scene, too. Everyone else does. But, uh, yeah, she just decides to fuck off because she doesn't get a piece of uh, Patrick Swayze's man-mate. Then there is the blonde with the impressive cleavage. Like, at some point, it's like, you just have to respect it, you know? I don't even know how she does it. It's kind of incredible. And uh, then you have a character that's just called Doc, which I don't appreciate, first of all. And second of all, uh, <laughs> I noticed that she was wearing red in every single scene, and then immediately I start thinking of Suspiria. It's just like, oh, she's going to be a witch. <laughs> <laughs> this movie had a surprise witch yeah. at the ninety minute Wouldn't mark. Oh my god! Like a or if that that's big stuff bear came alive. <laughs> I'm just saying. Let's, let's, let's put ideas out there for the, the remake before we get there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, anyway, she really appreciates him. He is so cool and unique and troubled. He lives in a, 
In the top floor of a barn. <laughs> it's in a barn. <laughs> He's making like a gorillion dollars to work in this shithole bar in Tennessee, and he lives in a barn. Because he's so deep and introspective and troubled. He reads philosophy and does shirtless Tai Chi. Oh, I want to lick the sweat rolling in rivulets down his back muscles. Sorry. Anyway, uh, what movie is this one? Bounce Me Daddy. Oh, yeah. So, in next in point break, we see Keanu. Uh, I mean, never. I've uh, Roadhouse. We next we see. Uh, actually, believe it or not, Patrick Swayze sang two songs on this movie. So, uh, shout out to him. The pipe. Show of hands, who almost watched Point Break again this week? Oh, this guy right here. I, I had oh, a I gym session last night. I was wearing my Point Break shirt, so. Proud of yeah. you. Yeah, Did that come when you bought the remake DVD? I did. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, <laughs> took me a second this break. <laughs> I, I thought I, I think I may have said a little too fast. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we should talk about Red, the guy who owns a general store. Uh, he's brought to clean up. Patrick Swayze is brought to clean up the bar, right? <laughs> who the fuck has ever been in a general store? <laughs> oh, dude. This movie came out in like 1989. <laughs> I have. Been, I went in. Uh, I, le- I went to school in basically rural Pennsylvania. They're a lot more common than you think they are. They have a lot less shit than you think you want. <laughs> anyway, um, that guy's up there. And it's, Isn't it just a 7-Eleven without the nachos? Gibberish. Um, and Patrick Swayze ends up having to clean up that uh, store, too. Mostly because it gets burned to the ground in a bunch of ashes. Uh, Every single country yokel in this movie is like a wise old southerner with a bunch of handed down wisdom. Yeah, I have to admit uh, that he decides to reward that guy by uh, porking his daughter. Uh, I like this scene where uh, I like this. Or not Sorry about your store. I'm gonna bone your daughter now. It would be an honor if you would fuck my daughter, Dalton. If my daughter could just get a little bit of the best bouncer in all of the Texarkana region. Everyone keeps asking me if they can fuck my niece. Buddy, Patrick Swayze won't even let me fuck my niece. (laughs) Anyway, so at some point he moderately cleans up the bar, I guess by almost killing a guy. Uh, And then they say, "Uh, you might want to come see this. Uh, That general store, it's on fire. And he runs out there, and they, they got the, like the the fire trucks and stuff like that. And uh, he runs out. It's shocking there. that they have motor powered fire trucks I, in this town. I, yeah, that's true. I think my favorite thing is that he sees them and he decides to himself, no, the the fire engines, the the fire uh, fighters, they have no idea what they're doing. I'm gonna run in and save him. That first of all, the building's already like the the set of backdraft, and then it actually explodes, which. You know, that's one of the things about this movie. As soon as I saw that explosion, I was like, hold on a second. Because it, it kind of colors the movie in a different way. And not just the fact that, oh, they had the unmitigated audacity to blow up in general. No, no, it's not a big deal. It's, the, the explosion <laughs> looks really good. Sword. Like, it's a really good effect. And you can tell they put in a lot of money to it, too. And I was just like, wait a minute. You, there, there's no way you blow your wad just on that scene. There's going to be more scenes that open up my eyes. This is, oh, of course, there. before the uh, throat ripping scene. We should also talk about the fact that it's like, oh, you know, the cars he drives are all right, you know. And then there is, they introduce the monster truck. The monster yeah. truck. Oh, God. Uh, which, uh, as soon as I saw it, I'm just thinking to myself, oh, you pretty little shitty banging, pretty little banging, we love you, and are pretty little shitty <laughs> 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 And I was just thinking to myself, boy, I hope they bring that back later. Alex, be my guest. <laughs> you know there's some things about movies that you just you don't know that you need until they happen in front of your eyes and seeing a monster truck destroy that car dealership lot 
is absolutely one of them. Like, on the one Because, like, you see it, and, like, you, you just think for, like, a split second, like, there's no way. They're not going to do that. That would be dumb. That would be the kind of thing that Parker and I would do if we made a movie. <laughs> and then. <laughs> so, Parker, when you were watching it, first of all, it's like, it's a bad guy who does it, and you're just, the audience is supposed to be like, oh, no, not those cars I don't give a shit about. Whereas I'm watching the movie, and I'm just watching it. That Parker, poor small business owner. Parker, would you... <laughs> Parker, when you when you watch it, did you just yell "Chitty"? <laughs> it definitely went through my head. I'll tell you. <laughs> Roadhouse might be the poster child for taking a bad premise and just really, really taking it to its limits. Again, like yeah, this is a movie about a bouncer, but what if? What if there was also a monster truck and a fourteen-foot-tall stuffed bear? <laughs> Thanks for letting me fuck your daughter, ma'am. I'm gonna go back to this bar. And is that a monster truck? <laughs> <laughs> the idea that anybody's fucking paying protection money to the mob in this town of 400 people. The idea that this movie is almost two hours long. <laughs> like, all right, so uh, we're about 90 minutes. Like, I know, but like, where's the monster truck scene? <laughs> Pad it out, buddy. Now, here's a good question. Uh, Alex, you said a while ago that Dalton is objectively the bad guy in this. I, I don't know that I agree. There are multiple moments here, and this is no, not about whether he's good or bad. There are multiple moments where if I was Dalton, I would leave. I would just leave and go, oh, this is a sunk cause, dude. You, you just, there's no way. I mean, yeah, I completely agree, but also, I'm not the world's greatest bouncer, so who am I to say? <laughs> Who am I to judge this man? He's a bouncer <laughs> illustrated. But to circle back to that for a second, he's the bad guy in this for the same reasons that Maverick is the bad guy in Top Gun. Because everything is fine until he comes along and fucks everything up for everyone. Fine, relatively. That bar just isn't in good shape or not good enough. That bar was doing a lot of business, dude. I could tell it was doing a lot of business, but I saw a couple just... empty tables, so you know. Just don't go to that bar. <laughs> the movie over. I yeah, we don't go to that bar. What do you bar. mean that Fuck. bar? I assume that's the, the only bar in that town for like a 50 mile radius. Well, once we drain the swamps, the bar's going to get cleaned up. It's fine. Uh, Dalton can go back home. <laughs> Dalton was stupid. Can we man. talk about the fact that Terry Funk is in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's really been glossed over. Sorry. Because every time I watch it, <laughs> Because he just has that voice, like, there's no fucking way that's Terry Funk. Why? How? For what reason? <laughs> Whose idea? Well, did someone call him? Did he show up to a fucking casting session? Piece of paper in hand and a headshot? Like, I don't understand. There's nothing wrestling related to this movie. Why is Terry Funk? I think they just wanted a really big guy for it, you know? Terry Funk calling someone Peckerhead is actually very good practice. At one point, he calls someone Chicken Dick. What kind of <laughs> so what kind of dick. fucking writing is this? I, I'm completely serious. The like best kind of writing. I to I, be clear, oh, Jesus, it's like some of the writing is just like, "Do you enjoy pain? Pain don't hurt." Uh, he's not wrong. It's my way. It's ain't got time to bleed, but much stupider. Or the highway. Oh shit, this Dalton guy's serious. I want you to be nice until it's time to not be nice. Dude, this guy's a fucking badass. The only line I think I really liked was nobody ever wins a fight. 
I think that might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I was... <laughs> it's so fucking good. <laughs> Have you this watched wrestling? bullshit wisdom and philosophy is <laughs> incredible. <laughs> Nobody ever wins a fight. Could There's you... two hours of fighting, I guess. But for real, though, could you imagine Ronda Rousey doing some of these line readings? Oh, that's oh a good point. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean... I mean, let's be fair, you, you couldn't exactly... Nobody ever wins a fight. Wow, good one. There Ronda. is no writing that I think she'd be able to make sound good. She just simply cannot act. Um, but, uh... Or fight, he, as it turns out. Here, here's one so of... So when, when, they, when they remake this, they're just gonna cast Gronkowski, right? Oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Are you imagine oh, getting his Gronkowski brothers in there? They form a team of Gronkowski? Oh, yeah! <laughs> the fucking it is dad plays, it, his, of the His dad plays the general store owner. But hear me out. Also, I'm I'm actually getting on GoFundMe right now. (laughs) Okay, but if this doesn't happen, the entire Hemsworth clan, all twelve of them, (laughs) just a bunch of tall Australian dudes. Parker, I got a question. What's the worst thing about being a Hemsworth? (laughs) Nothing. (laughs) I hope this never goes away. away. Oh, it's never going to go away. No, we're going to Okay, so let's talk about his moves. Uh, Patrick Swayze has a lot of really cool fight moves. He used to be a dancer, but now he does fight moves. Um, he does a lot of roundhouse kicks uh, in a movie called a Roadhouse. Good. And I think my nice. favorite thing is his go-to move is to kick a guy in the knee as hard as he can, and he does that constantly. I think it's like his <laughs> one thing, and he even has a line: just, "Just take the biggest guy in the world, shatter his knee, and he'll drop like a stone." There are so many kicks to that knee. Crippling drunk people. In this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've had a bit too much to drink. Fuck you! Ha! <laughs> just kicking their knee. Hey, uh, I was wondering, could you get that uh, lady off the table? No. I'm going to shove your head through this fucking wooden table. You're going to have splinters in your mind. Good luck paying that off at the fucking Dr. Doolittle <laughs> country bumpkin ass town. Oh, fuck. That's going to cost me one and a half goats. <laughs> <laughs> Wade Garrett looks over, uh, first of all, his name is Wade Garrett. Looking at the name of the bar, he's, it says the Double Deuce, which is already stupid. He says, the Double Douche. Got him. <laughs> Air horns. This movie, this movie is somehow came full out before Wade's World. It's full of the worst punchlines you've ever heard, and they're all delivered deadly seriously. You're too stupid to have a good time. Dude, have you met me? <laughs> <laughs> what if the commando script was played incredibly straight by people who were not charismatic whatsoever? So there's a there's a lot of titties in this movie, isn't there? It catches me off guard every time. Right? It's you almost kind of start looking around, being like, "Oh, sorry, babe." I well, the, like the the thing is, like, I always like the throat rip always sticks out to me as jarring because it's like the one point in this movie in my brain when the movie clearly becomes an R movie. I mean, as soon as he's and then you actually titties. watch it, it's like, oh no, there's just yeah. tons of titties and people saying fuck. Yeah. Like, uh, never mind, I just blocked all this out apparently. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, kind of feels like a, a Kano from Soul Calibur, not uh, a Mortal Kombat sort of move in there, you know? It's so like bloody uh, in comparison to everything else, you know? Like, I always forget that, like, halfway through, we get one of the most uncomfortable-looking sex scenes I've ever seen on film. <laughs> it just pressed me up against this dirty-ass rocky cabin wall. <laughs> it's ravaged me. To the movie's credit, <laughs> nobody says I win. Okay. <laughs> that, you know what? Fair. Well, not yet. Um, I have to admit that 
her reaction to that whole sex scene, she really did not give affirmative consent. And now I'm thinking how much I wish she had. Because she looks so, like, uncomfortable the entire time. You know? She's Nothing backing says away. erotic sex scene like going, ow, 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 <laughs> ah, my neck. Uh, no, uh, no, no. Is that not uh, how it goes okay. for you? I mean, I, I mean when it happens, I'll let you know. <laughs> As opposed to the one sex scene that they have, uh, that one guy, that one really greasy Scott Hall looking guy has in the uh, on his break. Scott Hall looking guy, nice. Yeah, and the uh, <laughs> you're not wrong. Yeah, and he has it on his break. That woman seemed really into it. She was having a wonderful her face time as soon as that guy. Deuce. That guy just got fired. He lost his job. He has to go to barber college, and uh, then the, the look on her face is just like, "Uh, we gonna get back into it?" Like her hands went immediately so. to her skirt, just like, "Okay, back at it then, right?" <laughs> well, can't undo the past. Might as well finish what we started here. <laughs> First of all, you always knock. Yeah, right? you never interrupt a guy. That's rule number four. You always knock. Until it's, until it's time to not knock. Number God, number five is you don't talk about Roadhouse. I wish I wish my rules for life could be as flexible as these rules. Jordan Peterson's three rules for bars. Number one, make your bed. Number two, it's time to be nice. Number three, eat beef. <laughs> Absolutely no non meat. Ever. <laughs> how, how proud do you think the writer was when he picked up some sort of... He went to like some sort of country books and found a joke book and and uh, wrote the line, Calling me sir is like putting an elevator in an outhouse. It don't belong. <laughs> he really had a lot of fun with that old guy. He gave him a lot of witty one-liners, didn't he? <laughs> I can't get over the... You know, the other one, it's just... It's a, a phrase I learned. Back when I learned how to write comedy, uh, there was a phrase that we used called a long road for a short joke and the best example <laughs> story of, of my life man <laughs> the best ex- <laughs> the best example of long road for a short joke is it's towards the beginning of the movie where we're first introduced to the double douche got him uh is when uh, the guy yeah. says well look at my wife's cans aren't these the best cans you ever seen I'll, if you give me $20, I'll let you kiss him. And the guy's just, like, groping her for, like, ten minutes. He's like, now ain't you going to get to kissing him? I don't have $20. It's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to say I laugh at that every time. Every single time. It's, it's real good. so fucking stupid. I don't, I, I, I just feel uncomfortable watching him just, like, feel him and everything. It's like zooming He's in. He's really like, getting into you it. You can practically hear the director say, yeah, oh, they're just, like, seeing This is... Back. This is how Southerners mate. Like, yeah, who okay, am I yeah. to judge their culture? <laughs> I, too, did not have $20. Nor have I ever touched a tit. I have to admit, he does have a point when he says that someone calling you a cocksucker is not a personal insult. He's just, I mean, it is, a, it is a, something that's designed to get a reaction. It's your job not to get a reaction. I do not agree with ripping someone's throat out. I think that's inappropriate. Uh, We're going to draw the line right there. (laughs) I am very pro-ripping people's throats out, as long as you're Patrick Swayze. Oh, this must have been a very disappointing (laughs) conclusion for you. Let's talk about the climax. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get to the climax, let's talk about the bear. (laughs) This fucking island fortress in, like, rural Tennessee. (laughs) Have a fucking polar bear. <laughs> I mean, I don't know There's why you guys are laughing. We're absolutely, we're absolutely getting a stuffed polar bear for the studio. <laughs> we'll kill it ourselves. 
We're putting police oh, tape around it too. To tell people oh, don't worry, it. guys. We're not gonna shoot it. We're just gonna go melt a bunch of ice so it drowns, and then we're gonna <laughs> stuff it and put it in the studio. <laughs> oh, Parker, do you have any Star Wars news? I got crushed by a bear. All right, next week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> I know what my role is in this. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. At least you. At least you know your role. Um, <laughs> a lot of wrestling talk today. Yeah, please. isn't there? Well, uh, speaking Terry of, Fog I brings guess out you, the did, best you didn't get around to seeing fighting with your family. No, I did not. Oh, thank God. Anyway, because nothing about that movie is funnier than the fact that Paige's real last name is Bevis. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me laugh every time. <laughs> All I can think about is Eddie Guerrero saying, Hey, Bevis, check this out. Then he does a backflip somersault into hell. Anyway. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, I'm going to be honest. When Terry Funk showed up in this movie, it distracted me. Because I was thinking at the time he wrestled some match in a barn and got kicked by a horse. <laughs> and they just stood up and yelled at the horse and then hit a guy with a trash can. It's oh, one of those with powerful the things. Brought. I've ever seen it Can we life. also talk about okay, did anyone like take notes on uh, how much he gets paid Patrick Swayze gets paid during the movie? Because it seems like an obscene amount. He's Didn't he say like five hundred dollars so a day? That's fucking absurd. That's absurd in today's dollars. For yeah, nineteen eighty nine dollars? That's like that's the entire GDP of this tiny town. That's yeah. Hundred thousand dollars a day. How in the world does this and that guy was skimming hundred and fifty dollars from the register and no one was noticing? A day? <laughs> His kid can't go to college now because he's skimming a hundred dollars. That's the oh the, I, I I somehow I don't think this whoever made this movie has maybe been to a bar, but they did not do any research on what bouncers do. <laughs> they have no idea. Uh, no, this checks out to me. <laughs> do you not do Tai Chi before you go stand in front of a door? I'm not a bouncer, so... <laughs> exactly. But, uh, right, you wouldn't know, uh, so who were you uh, to say anything? QED, oh, sorry, sir, I don't have my ID tonight. And then he just rips your throat out and throws it across <laughs> the parking lot. I can't get over like that's the alternative cut to Superman. I can't get over like, <laughs> the fucking fucking do- okay. Here's here's where the movie really crystallized for me is like the ultimate good bad movie. It's the double deuce, right? You know, like the first time we see it, it looks like kind of like one of those rustic, rustic like uh, bump of the road, middle of the stick sort of bars. It's just like I know if I go in here, I'm going if to they turned a Cracker Barrel into a bar, it would be this. It, it looks. I'm not saying it's the titty twister from From Dust Till Dawn, but it's very much the titty twister. Yeah, it's it's like that's the first time you see it. There's like you know sawdust and blood and drool all over the floor. It's people fighting. They you know cage wire fence for the. And everything like that. I'm just setting the scene for that's the before picture. And the after picture is it looks like the outside of a Bull America, and people are lining up to get in there. There's valet parking. There's like, uh, there might as well be, you know. <laughs> fucking valet parking at this fucking country yokel ass. People bar. are lining up like, oh my god, did you hear they have a new bouncer? <laughs> How many times do you think somebody. How many times do you think somebody drove up with a four wheeler and asked the valet to take it? <laughs> Do you Don't think the valets at that bar got to valet the monster truck? <laughs> <laughs> so be my last That's why you want that rip that much right now. <laughs> I just drive away parking. the monster truck. <laughs> <laughs> Would it be a better movie if they ran over the general store with a monster truck? <laughs> I mean, yes. <laughs> Wouldn't most movies? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, now I feel like monster trucks are just see that blind guy seeing the blues. They're just underrepresented in cinema. The monster truck. Oh man, better. <laughs> what if he rips that guy's throat out by tying a rope around his throat and then getting in a monster truck? Yeah. 
like I'm, I'm serious. I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on that fucking the, the movie. Right. You know what? Uh, just makes it out to look like it's uh, movies it, with it, it, a the, the after picture truck. is like okay. The only comparison I can make is Taco Bell from Demolition Man. It's <laughs> 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 perfect. <laughs> That's the effect that he has, and you call him the bad guy. He can turn this terrible bar into Taco Bell from Demolition Man. Anyway, again, back to the climax. Uh, you have Bob Evil, and he's like, I really wanted to fuck that girl, but you took her away from me. And also, you killed all my... I think those are his sons. <laughs> you killed all of my large adult sons. Yeah, I think he killed all my large adult sons. And he seems to take this news pretty well, because he has a big, indelible smile on his face. Uh, anyway, uh, he, uh, he, he doesn't fight fair. He's about to have his throat ripped out. Patrick Swayze shows him mercy. I've seen the Bruce Lee movies. That's the time you walk away and, you know, accept your fate. But no, he pulls out one of those little, like, you know, snub-nosed guns and pea shooter things and tries to shoot him with it. Instead, pow, right to the lung. He should be dead. Uh, with a shotgun blast <laughs> by one of the guys from the movie says, no, this is our town. We're gonna run it. And then, pow! Another guy shoots him with a shotgun. Pow! Another guy shoots him with a shotgun. It's they, he used all the uh, the energy of the spirit bomb to bring all of their uh, <laughs> shotguns in for that one scene. I totally forgot the movie ends with the he messed with Spider Man. He messed with New York. <laughs> <laughs> the whole fucking city just shows up and shoots him with fucking Robocop. <laughs> It's very, so it's very similar to that scene at the beginning of RoboCop where that guy, guy gets killed by the Ed Boy 209. <laughs> you have three seconds to comply. <laughs> and he gets lit up by the fucking General Shore. <laughs> the Beverly Hill buildings come out of nowhere. Alright, so I think the, the thing about it is that uh, at the end of the day, did we learn anything? I think we learned that this this place is probably not going to be much better uh, without that Bob Evil running the entire town. I have a feeling those people are not going to do a great job running things. Because they weren't able to do a very good job running things before Patrick Swayze got there. Yeah, like, he's just going to leave now and take a higher paying yeah, job. So I don't know if there I mean, is a higher paying job. Let's be real. That's, you know, that's very fair. Who do you think he willed that monster truck to? I hope it was me. <laughs> my dumbest, fattest son. <laughs> and to my useless youngest son, who never wanted success in life, but wanted to drive a monster truck. Here you I go, leave buddy. you, Gravedigger. <laughs> Thanks, Pa! <laughs> I think we need to talk you about... You received none of my money and all of my monster trucks. Oh yeah, I won! I, let's talk about how fat those two guys were. But first of all, we never see them in the same scene. I like to think that it's like the same guy. Again, Officer Jenny's situation. If they were two different people, it has to be that Gettys Book of World Records two fattest guys to ride on a motorcycle. Like, cause they those they guys are panoramic. Are, yeah. They are the entire screen. They're huge. They remind me of Big Bob from the second Harold and Kumar movie. <laughs> I'm Big Bob and I'm mad. <laughs> you boys ready for your cock meat sandwich? <laughs> what if she calls? You're welcome. Me, what if he calls my mother a whore? Is she? <laughs> Which, by the way, not a very good response. 
<laughs> uh, as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to write down Dalton's 12 Rules for Life. <laughs> just want you to know that. I, I think one of the other scenes is remember that woman with, again, extraordinarily ample cleavage. Uh, who, again, I thought she was going to be like the hooker with a heart of gold sort of role. She has this entire uh, striptease dance that goes on for way longer than I expected. What exactly was the point of that scene? Also, tease is one word for it. Oh, well, I... <laughs> there was no teasing involved. I've never been to a strip club. I assume that any any uh, sexy dance that does not end up with someone inserted inside of you, that might as well be a tease. That's on the two-hour cut. Oh. Well. <laughs> this movie was 154. Hey, guys. Uh, all right, did you enjoy that fight scene? Here's titties. Like, oh. oh. I wonder if this movie was made for. Well, let's be fair. I did make it through the maze. I do deserve my sugar water. Uh, do we have any other leftover thoughts from this this movie's perfect and if you disagree you're wrong yeah there's i i I don't know what else to say this is one of the ones where you don't like roadhouse like just don't talk to me ever this is exactly everyone's entitled their own opinion but i don't have to respect it i strangely enough i don't have any like real criticisms like even criticizing the script which i mean how could you not written by like a third grader that's part of the fun of the movie it's like you have to laugh at all the really stupid lines and i can't imagine this movie any other way you know again the only way you can prove it is with rob rogowski (laughs) this movie is as good as the last jedi is bad why do you have to do this to me? So next, <laughs> we're having such a wonderful time. People don't forget. Okay. Oh, trust me. I know you don't. <laughs> I've known you for a long time, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, next week's episode, uh, you guys mentioned striking distance, which I've never heard of. Does that have Jean Claude Van Damme? No, it has Bruce Willis in 1993. Oh. Uh, right, now we're talking. Well, I have two recommendations here. One of them's a Van Damme movie. It's called Double Team, okay. and it has uh, Dennis Rodman in it. Um, and they're also cyber monks. All right, yeah, Double Team uh, definitely has potential. Also has Mickey Rourke and what I would call the single greatest climax in movie history. Um, so just bear that one in mind. And the other one is we mentioned it a couple months ago, and I was thinking, you know, maybe we could circle back to his uh, Space Jam. Maybe we can do that right before, since they're about to start the new one. Okay, yeah, we can, uh... Because yeah. I don't think we're going to see Space Jam 2 in the Counter-proposal. We do Double Team and Sudden Death. Oh, two for one. I mean... Huh. Okay. Do you think those are both good enough to be their own episodes? Oh, wait, 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 so, wait. Uh, I've, seen, I've seen both, and they're distinct enough that they deserve their own episodes. Alright, alright. I mean, there's nothing coming out for, like, three months. We can just do them back-to-back. <laughs> That's also fine. I, I would argue that Double Team is a decently powerful movie. It's either this, or they, they also made a Van Damme movie with, um... Uh, who's that white comedian? Y- you just watched a movie with him. Carrot Top. No. <laughs> you, you, Alex. He was... Uh, no, in Parker. Uh, Who was... What's his name? What's his name? Everyone hates him. Dane Cook. Yes, Dane Cook. He made a movie with Dane Cook. <laughs> Carrot Top <What>? again. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dane Cook are in a movie. It's it's really bad. I don't want to. I don't want to know that exists. Please wait. Don't maybe watch maybe that. that's the one with Cyberpunks. I don't remember. Uh, I saw that one. I there's a scene where Dane Cook is. I I don't know. I've I've heard Dane Cook is a genuinely funny person. I haven't really listened to a stand-up. He's awful in that movie. He's so good at waiting though. Yeah. Okay. Look, for the age I was when his stand-up was a thing, 
It was incredible. I never got into it, but I I will never ever go back to it because I know it's not going to make me laugh. I know physical comedy just doesn't work on me. I don't know. Uh, Here's the thing: I I I assume that there's going to be like you'll have like a couple one-liners that I'll think are really funny. That'll be enough for me. Okay, let's just make it a double team. I have a feeling that I'm going to make sure that this is the right one. If you guys end up with a Dan Cook one, I'm going to be embarrassed. If we end up so, with the Dane Cook one, we will just also watch the Dane Cook one. This came out in 1997. I'm going to assume Dane Cook is not in it. You say that. But let's see, Double Team Foo. By Sui Hark. Yes, this is a. Um, okay. Joe Stavros. <laughs> <laughs> Give up your 